Welcome to another live episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. We're doing these after every single debate. Last week, we had Andrew Gilliam and Angela Rye. Today, I have my homegirl, Ebony K. Williams from Revolt TV and a new podcast on Black Effect. And then I have the one and only Monk's Corner finest, Charlemagne the God from The Breakfast Club. Look, last week, I started the show and I, I simply said, what the fuck did we just watch? This week, though, we actually had a very, very good debate where we made history. I just want to start off with Kamala Harris looking directly at Mike Pence and saying, you are a part of the worst administration this country has ever seen in response to coronavirus. I mean, Ebony, start with you. Tell me what your initial reactions are to this debate. And then Charlamagne, you next. Oh, well, you know, Bakari, I'm, I'm feeling fantastic. I think it was a, a fantastic debate. I think easily won by my good sore Kamala Harris, skiwi to her. And listen, What's I saw that screeching as the reporters say, why are they screeching so much? Um, so she, uh, she she killed it, right? Because out the gate, as you just said, Bakari, she not only said um, this administration is responsible for, you know, the worst handling. She called Mike Pence and Trump a failure to their faces, to Pence's face. I think that's important. You got to start out the gate hot. We know in these debates, first impressions are everything. While many of us are very familiar with Kamala Harris, tonight was was historic. This is the first black woman in American history to sit on that debate stage, that vice presidential debate stage. And there were Americans tonight, y'all, that met Kamala Harris for the first time in a real way. Thought Kamala did a great job in a couple fronts. I think she was off cuff. I thought she was herself. I think a lot of people were wondering, you know, are we going to see the Kamala we're used to seeing that goes hard in these Senate judiciary hearings, that cross-examines, that holds no punches, or is she going to be more timid um, because of the scope of, of the of the atmosphere. And, and we saw regular old Kamala that we know and love. Um, she was unafraid. She held no punches. Uh, she spoke plain when she needed to. You know, <laughs> did y'all see the look of contempt on her face? When oh, she I saw that a bunch of times. I, I, science. Listen, we, we, listen, we come man, from an administration I, that believes in science. You know, that was real <laughs> hard. Um, and I loved it. Also, my favorite line of the night was, um, you know, when Kamala just spoke about the fact that she she's a, she's an American dream come true. This yeah. sister told her origin story. And I, I know that I say this all the time to both of y'all, local politics, statewide politics, they're one on policy. National politics, they are one on story for right or wrong. Um, and Kamala sees the night to tell her story as the great American dream. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, 
visit jiffylube.com. Charlemagne, I know that you know Kamala extremely well. You're also very, you know, you 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 give a a different perspective, but a real perspective for how voters are feeling. What did you feel after you watched tonight? Well, when I watched tonight, I, I felt like Mike Pence learned the lesson that every black man learns at some point, and that there's no debate in a black woman. You're not going to win. You're going to learn. They still shit. undefeated. Black women still undefeated after the night. Going to learn to shut your ass up forever and figure out a way to help her help us. And I, I guarantee Mike Pence wish he had took that sick day because of COVID. And it was this one part where Senator Harris was talking to Mike Pence and giving him that look that unfortunately I've seen before. And it's that look that you get from a black woman when she know you lying and you steady trying to bullshit her. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what that was. But I do, I, I feel whatever he's saying, but I really can't wait for the day when a woman like Senator Kamala Harris can show up as her full self and doesn't have to be worried about being labeled as an angry black woman. Because watching her tonight, Kamala wasn't even at a three. Mm-hmm. And, and if she's empowered to show up as her full self, she won't be stopped. Like, I want all of us to stop thinking we got to walk these invisible lines. Like, let's show up as us. Yeah, you know. You know. Not about what they think. But but she, you, you know, Charlemagne brings up a good point because the answer, I thought that she performed extremely well. I think that the majority of the American public is going to say she won the debate. Mm-hmm. But I think that there were certain times that and she wanted to look at Mike Pence and say, I am a black woman. I know what it feels to be black in America. You know, I know what it feels like to walk in the skin, especially when they were talking about Breonna Taylor and they were talking about George Floyd. However, you know, as you as you were trying to win an election, you're 27 days out. You have to reassure, uh, you know, different demographics that there is a balance in this country. So I I see what I think she did a good job, but I see where where Charlemagne is coming from. Ebony, I see you. You look at all scant. Scared in a way. I see it differently, fellas. I, I got to say, I think Kamala's navigation of these issues is a bit more nuanced. I think you don't get to where Kamala Harris is in this country, the first of many things. And she ran that resume down real good for everybody to hear. You know, first black woman attorney general of the state of California, first black woman district attorney of the city of San Francisco, first only second black woman in American history to sit in the U.S. Senate, right? You don't get to those spaces, y'all, by not having extreme sophistication in the way in which you show up as a black woman to do the first of anything. And so what I think Kamala did on the Breonna Taylor question was very much articulate that, actually, Bakari. I think she was very plain spoken in the fact that I will not be lectured on this issue by you, Mike Pence, because in the subtext, I hear y'all, it was a silent subtext that said, I am the authority in this moment. Um, both not, as a prosecutor and as a black woman. So but I think not, only, not only that, though, but not only that, you know, going into debate prep, I think one of the things that people articulated to Kamala and she articulated is that, you know, you are a we can see you like you are a black yeah. woman standing there. Let me ask you this, though, Charlemagne. One of the things that you saw, you see the tweets and you see uh, what's my friend's name who, who just left? Megan Kelly. Okay. Megan Kelly was reacting to the split That's screen. Her. No, I was being facetious. That's I was your kidding, friend. That, That's your I'm friend, Ebony, Fo- Ebony Fox News Williams. Let's uh, <laughs> ask Megan Kelly about me. Ask her oh, about oh, me. Oh, hey, hey, Ebony was one of the voices we needed on Fox, though. Thank oh, trust you. me, I, I know we need, we need, we need voices. We need voices in every creek and corner in this country. Let's never we forget that. So shout, out, shout out to you. But, but you know, one of the things that Megan Kelly was talking about was her her mannerisms. Tell me what you saw in that split screen. I saw the future versus yesterday. Yes. What did you see in that split screen with, and why was his eye so red? What was that? I'm scared. Corona. I'm nervous for Kamala. Corona. 
I saw the same thing. I, I, I want you, uh, break, breaking news: Charlemagne's diagnosed him with conjunctivitis, which is a symptom of Corona. <laughs> he did look sick though, or maybe that he was just himself. Yeah, he didn't look himself. But but I, I saw the same thing you saw on that stage tonight. I saw the past and future of America. Like old white male leadership is a thing of the past. It's over. Old white male leadership is the reason America is in the position that it's in now. And I personally am ready to see uh, a black woman run the country the way I've been watching black women run my whole damn life. Like that's literally <laughs> what I thought. It was a clear contrast. Like this is what I want over here. This is what we have to eliminate over here. Simple. Yeah, I don't know how many black female commentators are on TV tonight. So being that we're on a Bakari Sellers podcast and I have an amazing voice, as a black woman, what you feel like tonight, <laughs> Ebony? Uh, Charlotte, man, you're so silly. Um, listen, I feel I feel extremely proud, right? The obvious. I feel extremely proud. I feel seen. I feel seen. I feel like, you know, despite whatever successes any of us have um, as black men or black women, right? Um, there's nothing like one of us stepping up into this type of representation. It's, it's, it's incredible. I think when Kamala spoke about her mother, um, and all the sacrifices she went through and what she must be feeling looking down from heaven, that was palpable. Who among us don't have an ancestor close or far um, that we are living for them in some way, right? Like our successes are their successes. These are collective wins. And I think that's a black experience. Um, so of course I feel on cloud nine tonight. I've been on cloud nine since it was announced that she would be the nominee um, for the vice presidency. But what I think was really powerful for me y'all tonight to y'all's point of the past versus the future you know, no shade to Joe Biden, but I mean, I wasn't particularly excited um, or energized watching the debacle from a couple weeks ago. And I think tonight that was fulfilled. You know, that energy boost, that little last fourth quarter bit of momentum, um, that that closing argument was made. And, you know, we, we got to go do it. Now it's on us. I will say that it's on us. Kamala did exactly more than what she needed to do. I want to talk about issues real quick, and then I'm going to get to black men, because I want to talk to Charlemagne directly to mm. see if this moves the needle mm. with, with black men. Sip your drink, Ebony. But, you mm. know, they she talked and she drilled down on coronavirus. She drilled down on health care. She drilled down on these issues. Do they resonate? I mean, tell me tell me what, from your perspective where you're sitting. Do these issues of coronavirus and the fact that uh, 210,000 Americans have died and our economy has been stifled, like, me and Charlemagne, one of the first times we we truly we truly truly hung out. Uh, I Charlemagne asked me to get some tickets to the Carolina Clemson football game. I said, "I got you. I got a caboose. We good. We good money." <laughs> and, and I said, "All you got to do is bring something to drink." Charlemagne brought this bottle of white Remy. To the, to oh, the top, that was a thing. Yeah, I remember to the that. Top, to the top of the we 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 were probably still wearing baggy jeans at the time. We drank the entire Why bottle. Lugs. Y'all were probably yeah. wearing lugs. No, we, <laughs> we didn't. Nobody wore no lugs. See, there you go. You just taking it. See, this is how this is, this is what Kamala did to Mike Pence earlier. Nobody was wearing no lugs. So, so I, I just, you know, my my only my only question to you is, how do these issues resonate? We can't even go to a Carolina Clemson football game this year. We can't go out and eat. Um, you know, we can't go out and eat dinner in a restaurant without like taking your own safety in your hands. Uh, the NFL. Uh, you know, movie theaters, the things we used to kids going to school. Mm-hmm. How did that resonate? Those issues of coronavirus and the fact that Mike Pence was the uh, chairman of the coronavirus task force. How did that resonate? 
Um, I'm not sure because I don't know if Senator Harris and, and, and Vice President Biden are speaking on what's next enough. Like we know that the Trump administration got us in this situation, but I don't know if they've laid out a clear cut plan on how to get us out of it. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, the illusion of America was, was, was revealed this year, especially in the black community, because there's so many underlying conditions that caused us to be the most vulnerable to something like coronavirus. And I don't know if that, I don't know if they're laying out a proper plan on how to truly get black people out of that situation. Like even last week in the debate, Vice, Pre- Vice President Biden kept talking about economic equity for black people. But what does that look like? Is that mm-hmm. going to be in the marijuana industry? Is that going to be in the tech industry? Is that going to be reparations, which we know is probably never going to happen? But is what what type of economic equity package? You know, but but about? but today she did say that we're talking about contact tracing, nationwide contact tracing, nationwide testing. You know, she kind of she was able to actually go through and and talk about some of the ideals of a mass mandate. The, what the about that thing? money, Bakari? I know, I know, I heard you. That was from a public health perspective. And you're talking about that money. And I will talk about simply, and I know it, you know what, go ahead, Ebony. Go ahead. No, I just want to say, because I, I hear both of you, and I think you're making um, similar points, actually, which is, you're right, Bakari. She actually said, we have a plan, and she laid it out. Contact tracing, vaccine, when the science supports it, and the doctors support it. She, she talked about the logistics of that, quote, plan. What I hear you saying, Shar, is where is the specifics around addressing the underlying systematic things that make black folks more susceptible systematically to coronavirus in the first place. So dealing with, yeah, dealing with the fact that we disproportionately um, don't have healthcare in this country. We disproportionately work frontline jobs that don't make working from home possible for a lot of black people in this country. We have to disproportionately take public transportation in this country to get to work. Those are the type of things you wanted to hear more specifics about. And I think that's fair. You know, I, and, and when we're talking about healthcare, right, you know, I, I, tonight something didn't come up and we haven't heard it in the first two um, debates. And that is an agenda for black folk. Yes. You know, the first two debates and, it, and it's not as if the candidates aren't prepared to talk about it, didn't want to talk about it. But there is this perception that white folk just think we care about criminal justice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a lot more. So what questions were not. First of all, I thought Susan Page was worse than Chris Wallace. Really? It wasn't her fault, though. So so I want both of of y'all. So so let me me call first. Both of of y'all deal with this more than I do, because both of you all question people who don't like to be questioned. We all, we all know, put some respect on my name, came because of a very firm question that Charlemagne asked. We know that you asked tough <laughs> questions. And then you look at people like this. When you ask, when you ask him, <laughs> you, you ask the tough questions with a smile. So both of you asked tough questions, but I just felt like there was, there was not, Mike Pence ain't asked a damn question tonight. No, what, he and had he the everything. Yeah, had the nerve to tell Senator Harris, uh, "Let's be on the record that she didn't answer this question about uh, packing the Supreme Court." Like you did that like eight times. Talk to me about the moderator. What do you all feel? How did how did you all feel that that left the debate tonight? I defer to you, Shaw. Go ahead. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know what we expect moderators to do in this position. You know, like if somebody is clearly over talking you and not respecting you know, you as a moderator, what can you do? 
Like Mike Pence was not respecting her as a moderator, just like Trump wasn't respecting Chris Wallace as a moderator. He wasn't respecting Joe Biden when Joe Biden was allowed his two minutes. Mike Pence was doing the same thing tonight. I think like what you wanted to do, scream, shut the fuck up. I would like that, but she's not going to do that. No, I agree with that. Sure. Listen, I was um, I hopped in and off Twitter real quick. Um, folks were dragging this woman and I don't really see why. Here's the thing. I thought she was a lot better than Chris Wallace, my former colleague, Bakari. I'm going to tell you why. I agree. She didn't do any better job of keeping the candidate, Mike Pence in particular, at bay. I thought her questions were a lot better. I thought her questions to me had a very clear point of view, especially the first two to three. Go ahead, Bakari. Do questions matter if nobody answers them? <laughs> Kamala answered them, and that does matter. Kamala answered them, and that I mean, does but matter. Like, if you're in a debate and you're asking, is the sky blue? And the guy's like, let me pivot back to yeah. uh, Soleimani. And I'm like, what, 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 are we, what are we talking about? And, and you know, and this is part of this. America, this goes, I think you're not giving the American people enough credit, Bakari. I think when they, she we elected Donald Trump, plain, though. Huh? We elected Donald Trump, though. No, no we. No, we. No, no, that's y'all, black men. 13% of black men elected Donald Trump. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about yeah, it? We, we're getting into that. We're getting into that. That's on my, that's on my cards. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ebony. I'm so no, sorry. No, no, it's just that I think it does matter, Bakari. I think when, when she asked Pence a simple-ass question, like, if you were governor of Indiana again, do you want women to have the right to choose? And he refuses to answer. I think the American people see that. So yeah, I think the what, question does what? answer that's the first thing I said. I told my wife, I said, yo, he just aborted his answer on abortion. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Thank you for that. Cre- that was your haiku. Thank you for the creativity. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's talk about this though. We do know the Democratic Party has a serious weakness. The flank is black men. Charlemagne, did anything change any of that tonight? Or what does that take? And let me ask you this. Like, can I ask you like a real serious question? Just friend to friend. This is something that I would probably put in the text group, but I'm going to ask you out loud and act like tens of thousands of people. I don't people. know if I want I'm, you to ask me anything we talk about in the text group. No, 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 not, not that. Not that. No, no, no. Trust me. Trust, <laughs> trust me. This is, this is a, better comment, a better question than that. But, and this came from Jared, by the way, just so oh, you know. Oh. So my question is, you know, you, you see a lot of black men like LeBron James who do not need to be prodded, who are just active. What, I mean, did this debate speak to black men tonight in general? Did it, did it get them more involved? And why is there a certain element of black men who have a platform who need to be asked to get involved? I'm not going to call any names, but 
Why are there people who feel as if they have to be, you know, courted? Courted. courted. I just I said courted. I literally I just I just said that Jinx. they had to be courted. Jinx for Corey. Jinx. <laughs> shots, shots. Why? So tell me what that is. I'm glad you mentioned LeBron because I don't think athletes should be told to shut up and dribble. And I don't think black men should be told to just shut up and vote. I think black men should be courted, just like every other demographic in in, in this in this country is courted. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking Democrats to show up for, for black men the way you want black men to show up for Democrats. Like, yes, I like when they're speaking directly to black men. I like when we're on phone calls and Zoom calls with these candidates and they're telling us the things they want to do for black men. Maybe black men feel like they're not a part of the equation. But tonight, I mean, so you got a black dude, you know, we, you don't go to the barbershop. I'm, I'm, you just do that at the house. No, I don't. I go to the barbershop. I was in there yesterday. Okay. You got a fresh one. So you go to the barbershop. I mean, or what it, would they be talking about tonight? I mean, cause I go too. I just don't go that often. I got an immunosuppressed daughter. So, you know, I, I can't go. My, my wife don't let me go out the house that much. So I just, I go out when I can. And I'm trying to figure out our Ebony, don't frown at me. I'm just, <laughs> I go out when I can, I, you know, so whatever. But did tonight move the needle with that? And if not, what has to happen over the next 27, 26 days? Because we have a weapon like Kamala Harris, who both you, I and Ebony K. Williams know is a dynamic figure. I don't know, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know because when I'm in the barbershop lately, it's a lot of conspiracy theories. And I think that this is almost like, you know how you, when, when, you, when you've been with a woman and you've been dogging her out for so long and when you finally realize you can't live without her and you need her, you begging for her to stay with you. That's kind of where the Democrats are with, with a lot of black people, period. Like they're saying it's the most dangerous election of all time. And this is the year they really need us to come out and vote. But we've been running to kick that football for years and they've been moving it out the way. So the year they really, really need us, I don't know how much brothers are going to show up. I want them to. I'm encouraging them to. I'm trying to lead by example. I've been, when Senator Harris ran for president, I did I know. like four or five. Were, no, I know. You were, you were there. So what, but, but before, Ebony, I know you've been raising your hand. I'm so sorry, but let me just dig deeper on this real quick. What What has to happen though, Charlamagne? What? I think that I really would like to see them pivot to talking specifically to black people, as you said, about a black agenda. Because when people hear black agenda, black men, black women, they know that those candidates are talking directly to us. So I think people want to hear more conversations about economics. You know, that's what I really think. I think they, they should really pivot into economic equity packages for black people in a real way. They need to talk directly to the systemic racism that we know black people face in this country. And I, I don't know, maybe that'll move the needle. Ebony, do we have any black? I don't even think we have a black moderator, do we? Yeah, uh, Kirsten Welker, I think from NBC is doing. Oh, we have. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So two quick points. Number one, I hear you, Charlemagne. Black men absolutely deserve to be courted as any she other. About cut your ass. She about to cut. She about to cut your ass. She <laughs> don't said, say that. Don't you. say that because you be a mess. She looked at you. That. <laughs> said, I want to just play devil's advocate for one second and say, but black women are not courted as a part of the electorate either, Charlemagne. And they but still yet show we up. Grow up. Yet we show up every time. And I don't think we do it just to be nice. We do it because it's in our interest. 
right? So what I would ask my brothers to do is, you're right, nobody deserves to have their vote just taken for granted. And it's, it's bullshit. It's the reason why I've been an independent for years. But when it comes down to it, how many Republicans have I actually been able to vote for that have aligned with my political interests? Very few, you know? So are Democrats getting black votes by default? Absolutely. Is that shit cool? No. But in this moment, in this election, with the Supreme Court in the balance for a generation, and that's another place that Democrats have majorly dropped the ball. We're going to talk more about that, Bakari Sellers, upcoming on my podcast very soon. Um, we, your children, Charlemagne, your children, Bakari Sellers, can't afford a 6-3, probably will be 7-2 Republican majority Supreme Court. Everything that we consider a liberty in this country will be taken up from underneath us in real time. And that's a fact. Other point I want to make is I do think there were two missed opportunities tonight from Senator Harris. The first was she should have done a direct appeal to black men. We recently did an episode of Revolt Black News where I spoke specifically about black men in this issue because it is critically important. For the most part, black women are showing up for Kamala Harris, period, point, blank, full stop. AKs, Deltas, non-Greeks, it's just going to happen. Black men are a real question mark. And that's real, whether I like it or not, whether we like it on this call or not, it's real. 13% of black men voted for Trump. We have to prepare ourselves for that happening again. Kamala Harris, I think tonight, because she has nothing to lose and everything to gain, should have spoken directly to black men specifically on the issue of her prosecutorial record and spoken specifically to black men and black families that have been impacted despite her intentions by some of the things done while she was in prosecutorial mm. office. That's powerful. I, didn't, I, I, I can promise you, I, I didn't even. I didn't think, I thought of it before. We had a, um, a sorority call on my, on my chapter, Bakari, before the debate. And I had two things I wanted Sor- Kamala to do. She didn't do either one of them, but that's okay. She did good overall, sis. Number one, I wanted her to appeal to black men. Number two, I wanted her to bring up Herman Cain. I think, I don't know why Democrats are not speaking very clearly and articulately about Herman Cain. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, because Joe Biden I dropped the ball. I would have started that shit out. Real quick, Shaw, real quick, Shaw. I would have started that shit out like, yo, welcome to the debate, y'all. I just want to know from my comrade here, Vice President Pence, since you guys feel so good about your leadership on the issue of coronavirus, how about we hear from your, your good foot soldier, Brother Herman Cain? Oh, he's not here. Because y'all didn't believe in masks, y'all didn't believe in social distancing, and this brother paid with his life. So now tell the American people how you've been successful in your leadership. Now go ahead now, go ahead. That's, how, that's what I would have started with. I want to ask you about one of your points, Ebony, because you, you're absolutely right. Why don't, when, when they're asked the question about packing the Supreme Court, why don't they articulate exactly what you just articulated? Yes, we're probably going to pack the Supreme Courts because of what, are y- what y'all are planning to do in the Supreme Court. Why can't they because just- they're, the Because they're still on election. And I think that the fear is amongst United States senators from the ones that I've talked to is that if you say, yes, I'm going to pack the Supreme Court, then you can- you know, do you know what today is? The day we're taping this episode, today is grabbing by the pussy day. Was this from the Access Hollywood tape leak? Oh. This is, you, did you know that, Charlamagne? I did. Well, I didn't know. I, I didn't know it was the seventh. I thought it was the eighth because didn't no. the emails leaked on the eleventh? It's so today. Thought, okay. Well, no. I mean, uh, it's you know, it's not. It's today. It's the it's the seventh. That's grabbing wow. by the pussy. That's when it came out. So here you are. Hillary Clinton's up 12 points. Mm. Joe Biden's up 16. Mm-hmm. Access Hollywood tape comes out. You know what happens at the exact same time? WikiLeaks drops. 
Yep. 11 days before the election, mm-hmm. 11 days before the election, we had the Comey coming out saying that we're opening up, you know, an investigation into Anthony Weiner's emails. Yep. You know, we have, and we have Jill Stein voters. We have black folk who think voting for Jill Stein is still a thing. But don't you think if, if, if she's, if she or Vice President Biden speaks to why they would pack the court, that would energize voters to be like, well, let me go out and vote against Trump to prevent this. Well, I, I am somebody who says that you need from happening. I'm somebody who says you need to add people to the court. I'm also somebody who says that you need to make DC and Puerto Rico states. That's four new senators. Mm-hmm. But I think that that what you what what I'm saying is that we have so much time in between now and the election. There is this great palpitation and fear that you may you still may not win. And if Republicans do that. If Republicans get to the point where Mitch McConnell is still a United States senator who is the leader of the United, a president of the United States, and then you have Donald Trump, who's the president of the United States, then you'll end up in a very, very bad predicament. I understand your point. You end up 7-2. That's the predicament, Bakari. We're going to end up 7-2. Trump's going to get two more picks. I'm he'll, telling he'll you that. Try, right and, and you might end up 12-3. I mean, there, there's no reason why you couldn't. Yeah, I don't see why she can't articulate that of Vice President Biden. Yeah, I, 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 I think that they should too, Sean. I mean, I hear you, Bakari, with the measurement. We're in an election, but I, I actually say fuck it. I, I, if it were me, <laughs> I would actually just be like... He, he I agree with you politically. I'm just telling yeah. you the practical, why, 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 they're, yeah, why yeah. they're saying that. Yeah. I thought, so, I, thought, I thought Senator Harris too, you know, especially when you talk about appealing to, to, to Black, you know, you said black men, but just appealing to black people. I think she kind of dropped the ball on the Breonna Taylor question, too. Like, I haven't seen her give a strong response about that case since the verdict. And I don't understand why. It's, 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 and especially tonight, like, she pivoted from talking about Breonna Taylor to talking about George Floyd, rest in peace. And, and it all matters, of course, but it just felt strange a black woman. What do you want to hear her say, though, Charlotte? Tell me, what, what would you want to hear her say? It just, feels like, it just feels like she hasn't been following following the case that that much i just i just i, just, I feel like I, I just want some type of stronger response about about brianna taylor especially coming, especially being that she was an attorney general you know i mean i i, I hear and i i think i i think i know why but ebony tell me you're you're oh, no, I was gonna say, I'm, 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 I'm sure she's following the case quite closely just because that's her nature I do think the choice to be measured, which I hear you, Shar, and I don't personally agree with it, but I think it's intentional. But I'm with you. I don't think it has a benefit. I frankly think this is one of the few places I have a strong critique of President Obama. I think for some reason, and I don't know, I've not been a national uh, candidate uh, in this country, but it seems like a lot of our black candidates, when they get on that level of profile, become extremely measured when it comes to these issues. And I don't see the benefit. Because those that are going to think you're some race baiting extremist black person, they're going to think that anyway. So you might as well lean into the opportunity, which is what I hear you saying, Charlemagne, to go ahead and be extremely clear. Like even Bakari, the way she answered out the gate on the Breonna Taylor question, the question was, do you think justice uh, was served or prevailed? Right. And she said, not really. Well, it's a yes or no, actually. And I think she could have come out the gate stronger to Shar's point and just said, absolutely not. And these are the reasons why. And she could speak to that. She was an attorney general. Like she, she could. And really- she also let Pence lie, which is that the grand jury saw all the evidence. That's a lie. But yeah. we know yeah, but, but, the fact but, is the grand jury but, didn't see all the evidence. The let me, let me, also, let me also say something. Evidence from this AG. Go ahead, Bakari. Let me also say something that you won't hear any uh, any other show is that Kamala felt as if she couldn't 
go out and fact check. That wasn't her job to fact check Mike Pence. And as much as we wanted her to on a number of issues, mm-hmm. because the number one thing that she couldn't do was come out and be an angry black woman. We see that all the time. What I told people today and what I feel to be true is that Kamala Harris not only had to beat Mike Pence, but beat the stereotypes. So, Ebony, Charlemagne, tell me your final thoughts as we go to the next debate, um, which may or may not happen on the 15th. And I, I firmly believe that there is a I say firmly believe there is a chance. <laughs> so I'm hedging everything, but firmly believe there's a chance that Mike Pence is going to have a really awkward diagnosis because he just looked awful tonight. <laughs> so what what happens next? You can't tell me one line. Neither one of you all can tell me one line from the Mike Pence, Tim Kaine debate. Neither one of you all can. Sure. I didn't watch that. That was too much mayonnaise for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure if you're going to remember anything from tonight, but tell me uh, what we should take from tonight and what we should take going forward. Well, it's funny, but I, I'm really like getting in my deep spirit. And don't say the fly. Don't say the fly. I was going to say no, because you can't take that from me. It's too late. When that fly <laughs> landed oh so eloquently on Mike Pence's head at the exact moment, that this man talking straight bullshit about racial justice. There is no systematic racism in our police departments. It was like the fly just said, let me attract to the bullshit. And that was a takeaway moment. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was God's way of telling us Mike Pence is a piece of shit. I was waiting for a forked tongue to come out of Mike Pence's mouth and eat the fly. Well, I'm glad this show went sideways quickly. I, I am so appreciative <laughs> of all of you all. What happens next over the next 27 days? because I won't have you back on this show for a post-debate show. I'll probably, I'm sure I'll talk to you before then, Ebony, on your show. Charlemagne, when I'm invited back to the Breakfast Club, I hope I come back before the election or after. I want to come back after. So we you can, think so? so we no, I, think, I, think we need, I think we need a lot of voices on before just to do exactly what we're talking about doing, just, you know, energizing people to go out there and vote. I, I'm going to be honest with you, I still don't feel the energy, man. I don't. I don't feel that enthusiasm. Well, I mean, but tell me what, what, what creates that energy. I mean... What, what, what we need. Brother, I Is it Kamala talking to black men, Charlemagne? Would that make a difference for you? If Senator Harris spoke I mean, specifically to, to the black male community? First of yeah. all, let me just tell you, Charlemagne needs to, I mean, not Charlemagne, Kamala needs to go on a breakfast club ASAP. I agree. She said she was she coming after all the black media and started with the breakfast club. Well, yes. I mean, and the biggest, the, let me just, for everybody listening, the biggest scheduling problem is you had a debate and now you go straight into Monday because you have a confirmation hearing. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can just leave your job or not prepare. So, but I do think you need to go, and I think you need to ask her these questions directly, both, both, both about Breonna Taylor and, and about, about black men, which I'm sure you will. So what, yeah. so what happens going forward? Do they win? Do they not win? What has to change? What needs to get better? Leave, leave the people with something concrete they can do. Charlemagne, I want to start with you, and then I'll leave them with Ebony, because people just like Ebony more than they like you. That's <laughs> Listen, I think um, I think my final thoughts are uh, Senator Senator Harris's talents are, are wasted uh, on defending Vice President Joe Biden. I know that's her job, but it's, it's it's just whack to me because I'm not voting for Joe Biden. I'm voting for her, and she has to think about her political aspirations, you know, in the future for the next. I think for the next for the next 27 days, she should be thinking about the next 12 years because in a perfect America, Kamala Harris would be in the White House. For the next 12 years. So I, I for the next 27 days, I really hope she leans into being her full self and showing up as her full self, because I think she's the only thing that can really, really, really 
energize that ticket because she's the only thing that has energized that ticket. Profound. Ebony? Mic drop. Yes. Uh, I think everybody saw tonight, America saw tonight, why my soul, Kamala Harris, should have been at the top of the ticket, as Charlamagne just said. Um, I think she has to pursue it that way. I agree with you, Charlamagne. I think Kamala Harris should, you know, of course, be respectful to uh, her positioning on the ticket. But it was asked tonight at the debate, y'all. Uh, this will be the oldest presidency America has ever seen either way. So either way, Kamala Harris uh, is looking at a presidency. That is truly what is on the ballot. Um, and for what America can do and listeners listening to this right now can do, Bakari, vote, fucking vote. And I'm telling you, yes, if you need to vote by mail, I get it, do it. I'm preferring you if you can and you are able to put your mask on, get your water, get your snacks. Go vote in person. Give them no excuse. I'm going to have to piggyback off what Ebony K. Williams said. I voted this week. I got my I voted sticker is somewhere in the house, but I voted this week in Bamberg County, South Carolina. We had 1,200 people mm. in the what? first two days to already vote. 1,200 people in Bamberg County. In person? Yeah. It, well, no, early we had three, uh, early voting. We had about 300 vote in person. The rest of them mailed in ballots on time. Like They got them and got them back in on the first day. Like it wasn't even, wasn't even a question. And so, it, listen, make a plan, mask up. If you thought the president of the United States, one thing I take from Donald Trump is he's taught us what's unimaginable. Mm. Whoever would have guessed that anybody could just pick up mailboxes, and he did. <laughs> and so, what I'm saying to you all is go out and vote, vote in person, vote with the mask on. We've overcome obstacles before. Our democracy, our country depends on it. Shout out to Ebony K. Williams, who is, tell me your new podcast, Ebony, what's the name of it? Holding yes. Court. It is Holding Court with Ebony K. Williams. It is on Charlemagne the God's The Black Effect Network on iHeartMedia, of course, and we are launching October 21st. Get ready. And then, Charlemagne, what you got on your new podcast network? You got a whole bunch of stuff. We got Ebony K. Williams, Holding Court, launching October 21st. So he just yeah, I mean, we got a bunch of stuff on the network, but I'm focused on Ebony because you know Ebony's right there. Because she's right. Because she's right here. Because she's right here. Definitely. Uh, Ebony K. Williams, Charlemagne the God. We're gonna leave the Bakari Sellers podcast right now. Give me one of them little screeching noises that y'all make. What is that about? Shout out to Kamala Harris. Thank y'all for joining the Bakari Sellers podcast. We out. Thank you. Peace, King. Peace, Queen. Bakari, congratulations. Bye, Charlemagne. Thank you. Peace. Peace.